this is Keep It Spicy. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having a great day. Welcome back to another episode of Keep It Spicy. I'm with my baby girl, Shoba. Hello, hello, everybody. I'm with my girl, Vida. And today we have a very fun, cutesy topic. But before we actually get into that, we're actually going to start with the quote of the day to help, you know, lead the way into this topic. When you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way, implicitly and unquestionably. And this is by Walt Disney. Yes, so on that note, today's topic is going to be about Disney princesses. So Vita and I obviously have grown up, I feel like everybody listening to this podcast has grown up watching Disney animated films. And we're actually going to be talking about Disney princesses in particular. So whether or not they've had a positive or negative impact on young girls growing up watching them. So, you know, what kind of impact they've had on us. And we're just going to talk a little bit about it. So when we say Disney princesses before, we're referring to Snow White, Cinderella, you know, that were released in 1937, 1950, Sleeping Beauty released in 1959, all the way up to Pocahontas and Mulan, which were released in 1995 and 1998. So those are the before princesses that we're going to be talking about. And already characteristics from these princesses not not that like Mulan is a princess but she falls into the category of being a Disney princess the characteristics of this include like well first of all the very obvious which is the animation it's a bit it's a bit more flat it's a bit more I don't want to say boring but the appearance is not as 3D and graphic so it's it's again it goes back to show the animation quality and then also if you notice that the prince and princess don't necessarily develop strong connections before they fall in love of course there are exceptions to this like Mulan who builds a relationship with the male love interest and Pocahontas as well but for most of the other princesses like come on Snow White didn't even know the guy um, they don't develop as such like they don't actually get to know the male love interest and then also they have these moral values of being kind and caring you know they project these values of being kind and caring to gain trust so these are some of the characteristics of the before Disney princesses and now Veda is going to tell us about the Disney princesses now after <laughs> some more recent Disney movies have emerged in the early 2000s, and these include uh, The Princess and the Frog, which came out in 2009, Frozen, which came out in 2013, Zootopia, which came out in 2016, Moana, which came out in 2016. And through these new movies, we have definitely seen a dramatic change in Disney culture. Um, even visually, the advancements of digital media has changed and has given us um, more vibrant and rich visuals you know and Pixar has given us 3D effects the love component the pr- princesses are developing a stronger connection with their male counterparts and they're getting to know them versus just seeing them falling in love and the women are also having like a more stronger roles they're being portrayed as brave and courageous and they're going on their own adventures and pursuing their dreams okay so now that we've seen like this overview of how the princesses were before and how it's changed to now Shiba I want to ask ask you who is your favorite disney princess oh, i have two so i like ariel the little mermaid and i like uh-huh. mulan why i like well i always loved ariel because like i used to swim a lot as a kid so mm-hmm. like i just thought that like the whole underwater thing was always so cool like i remember whenever i would watch mm-hmm. it i would always play with my barbies and like throw their hair up and because you know ariel's hair her red hair is like always floating around yeah. but i just thought it was very very pretty and very very beautiful and like even when i would always go swimming as a kid i would always like whip my hair in the water because i'm like oh I feel like <laughs> ariel. 
So I just thought I just liked Love. her because it was underwater. And Mulan I like because I like the story of how like you know this this girl is capable in everything, but you know something always happens and she messes up. And I like how she proved everybody wrong. She went to the army, which was supposed to be like only something that like a man's job, quote unquote. And she was like, well, I don't have to be a man to be a man. So yeah. I like Mulan. It was very hers is hers is very just very very inspiring. And I loved how she yeah she really was like I'm gonna do what I have to do and I'm gonna prove everybody wrong. So I really mm-hmm. like that part about Mulan. What about you? What's your who are, who's your favorite Disney princess? I really like Belle and I also like Mulan. Um, so they're my favorites. Belle I like because she's really cute and she reads a lot. So I like me an intellectual woman. Like, yes. <laughs> the irony, you don't even read. <laughs> I know, but like I like me people who read. <laughs> and then she has a strong personality. She doesn't just marry the guy that likes her, but she pursues love. And then like with her father, like, you know, people are calling him a madman, but she doesn't fall for peer pressure and she still stands for him and tells him to keep inventing the stuff um and when he goes missing she goes to save him i thought that was pretty badass she goes all alone and then that the fact that she fell in love with the beast it just shows that she like sees beyond appearances and i was like damn girl um and like also through her interactions with the beast like you see that she's a very like understanding and patient person um, yeah i think she, overall she just is a really solid character and then with uh, mulan it's a lot of the same things that you said i thought it was just really nice seeing like that she's very independent and if she goes to these extent for her you know dad basically so she has that family relationship but also is very modern and she shows that women are equally capable of men so I really like that independent aspect of it on another note what are some inaccurate like displays of these stories like what are some inaccurate storytelling I would I would say I guess all of these are from mentalfloss.com and I know it sounds sketchy but they had some really good stuff so you guys should totally check it out so for example in Mulan we see a jumbled up Chinese history and an inaccurate portrayal of architecture so for example you can see the china wall in the movie but the story of milan takes place in an earlier era where the wall wasn't even built um and another example is frozen so in that movie the costume designer reports that they were going for a whole 1840s look and it was supposed to be like a european theme style but in the song let it go elsa refers to frozen fractals and the word fractals was first used in 1975 so there's this whole linguistic discrepancy that we observe as well and then with respect to tangled um it's actually set to have taken place in the 1780s according to the filmmakers in the movie rapunzel lights these floating lamps or like the lanterns but if that were true and it was actually made in the 1780s or like took place in the 1780s that would actually mean that rapunzel would have not been able to use matches to like the candles and then of course pocahontas this one i remember being angry because like in pocahontas 2 she falls in love with another man, John John Rolfe, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember being so pissed off. But like in in the actual like history, Pocahontas, there was actually no romance between Pocahontas and John Smith. Like she was also a younger, she was also much a younger girl. I believe she was like a teenager. So mm-hmm. there was also like the age difference. She never actually that romance didn't exist, but it's just been brought up because you know they made it into a movie. So Disney, damn, get <laughs> just fix facts. Great. <laughs> they also needed Mel Gibson to be in the movie, so they're like, "We gotta give you the lady, the pretty lady." 
<laughs> so Vita, can you actually, since you're a psych major, can you discuss the psychological effects of that Disney movies have on young kids? Yeah. So first, I will start about um, with the influence of body image. So Kristen Sayer's article on Time describes a study from Brigham Young University, which finds that engaging with Disney princess culture could make children more susceptible to gender stereotypes. Um, the article goes on to suggest that it may be beneficial for boys as Disney movies encourage them to be stronger and it builds their body esteem. But it's actually damaging for girls because it makes them more susceptible to body esteem and puts them at risk to experience body disorders, depression, risky sexual behavior. Of note, Shuba, like I wanted to ask you, have you ever experienced these body ideals as a kid and you know, even now, like, do you ever relate Disney princesses to certain ideals? Yeah, of course. And we'll talk about this later as well, like the personal effects that they've had on us. But to answer that question, yes, because all these Disney princesses, they're all skinny and, Mm -hmm. you know, slender looking. None of them, even though Mulan, for example, is like a strong girl, like she goes to the army. She's still very petite and feminine looking, if that makes sense. Like you don't see any like muscle on her. So all of these, I would say like, yeah, they do play a part in developing like unrealistic body standards within young people and within me yeah they've done that too yeah for sure no I definitely experienced that too and also like when we were growing up a lot of the Disney princess were like like white people you know so they were like fair skin and stuff and so for me like I was like oh is that is that what a definition of beauty is you know being skinny having good curves and all of that so I think um, it's interesting that like it has such experiences on us without us even noticing and further it also like reinforces stereotypes so Richard Gray's article on BBC discusses how Disney's subliminal messages include gender, racial, and cultural stereotypes, and that these have lasting impacts. You know, we're talking about Milan, so let's just take that as an example. So we see a lot of racial and cultural stereotypes reinforced in it. For example, in the song, Who Am I Inside?, Disney portrays Chinese culture as outdated by depicting um, arranged marriages as being silly. And this, on a holistic perspective, just feeds again to the idea that Western culture is superior. So I get it that borrowing cultural ideas um, from molding it for a worldwide audience is important, especially for a company like Disney, but it's not right to degrade a culture in the process of doing so. So yeah, I thought that was definitely not okay. Um, And then we also see like gender stereotypes in Mulan. So the Disney selective use of Chinese traits help defeat the overarching theme of female empowerment by showing the female warrior in submission to men. You know, so at the end of the day, Mulan does not accept the emperor's request to join his council and returns home. So even though this movie is supposed to be empowering women, it kind of does the opposite. So, and even with like other films like Sleeping Beauty, the movie portrays women as just a troubled damsel in distress and that she can only be rescued by a man. So there have just been advancements, of course, in modern movies showing um, princesses as being more strong, like Ariel is rebellious and independent. But it's important to notice that she has to give up her voice to be with the man she loves. It just shows Mm -hmm. that the the progress of female character development is still being inhibited within these movies. So... There's definitely a lot of like psychological damage that it does and has on kids growing up. But um, yeah, there's much more problems associated with this princess culture. So Shoba, since you have like a really good experience in in marketing, could you kind of like go into that and discuss the issues of Disney and its relation to marketing? 
Yeah, for sure. So I'm going to be referencing Vicky Arkoff's article, Ultimate Guide to Disney Princess. Um, and I first want to ask, like, you know, do you have any toys or Disney merch? Like, do you actually have any? Oh, hell yeah. Or I don't know if I still have them right now. But like when I was growing up, I had like a lot of Disney dolls. And I also had um, a Scooty. And the Scooty, I think, had like the different princess. I, I remember Aww. like it had like stickers. So I got to like peel off the stickers and put it all over my scooter. So <laughs> I definitely grew up with my <laughs> Disney merch. <laughs> what about you? I do have some Disney merch. Um, I have been the princesses for like I remember like in my school, like in my middle school growing up we on valentine's day they would have like a costume parade so like so many times i've dressed up to be a princess but the irony my mom never dressed me up to be jasmine <laughs> i've been like cinderella and sleeping beauty uh, yeah so like basically disney disney banks on the fact that you know little girls never forget their first encounter with a disney princess so i'm pretty sure that you can remember your reaction or you know the first time you saw a disney princess and of course which is also why you have your favorite, right? Because you're like, okay, mm -hmm. I like, I saw this princess, I liked it, I related to her, or there's a quality about her or her beauty or her whatever it is that you like. And Disney princesses have basically grown to become Disney's most popular brand, overtaking others like Winnie the Pooh and, you know, the company's iconic mascot, Mickey Mouse. So six years ago, um, the princesses actually generated $100 million in sales. And now Disney princess merchandise is sold in 90 countries and has and has over or has earned over 3.4 billion dollars since its launch. So okay. that's how they're preying on. They're capitalizing on little girls' admiration towards these. Oh. And Andy Mooney left the sporting goods company Nike to actually become chairman of Disney Consumer Products. And he looked at Disney research and he found that that yeah, like little girls playing make believe, they don't want to be just any princess. They want to be a Disney princess. So when you ask a girl. Or not, I don't want to, gen of course, these are all generalizations, but yeah, if you were to ask somebody, like, what type of princess they'd want to be, they're not really going to recite that, like, yeah, I would like to be this princess from this era <laughs> in world <laughs> history. It would most probably be like, okay, I want to be Cinderella or Snow White or somebody that they've, like, gotten from a cartoon movie. Can you relate to this? For sure. I mean, like, yeah, growing up, like, I, I definitely wanted to be Belle because I really liked her. So, like, her whole gown and then, like, also with the long hair. My mom always used to chop off my hair. So I was like, I want to grow <laughs> long hair, you know. So I can definitely, like, relate to wanting to be a specific one. I never, like you said, had any abstract ideas. Like, I always had my examples from what I saw. Yes, no, same. And because of that, like, you know, little girls, you know, they also tend to draw or they're drawn towards these like rich and compelling stories. So Walt Disney basically feeds into these girls' dreams through year-round consumer pro uh, producers, like, or products, sorry, merchandise, the, you know, the whole theatrical release, the home mm -hmm. videos, the Blu-ray, the TV, the theme parks, the websites, the live entertainment shows. And Fun fact, Disney princesses are like the Disney princess films are actually five of the top six Disney video releases of all time. Oh, wow. <laughs> so an estimated 24 million people have actually seen Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. And another fun fact is Sleeping Beauty and... So Snow White and Cinderella were created before Sleeping Beauty. And mm -hmm. so what the producers did was they were they mentioned that, you know, they did a lot more design with the characters that with Sleeping Beauty. If you noticed her hair, it's very different from Snow White and Cinderella's hair, which is more so like up in a bun, like not. And if you look at um, Aurora, like hers is like super, super long and like it looks like spaghetti, but very pretty spaghetti. Called, they put more effort into that because she, they wanted to make her since Snow White and Cinderella did very well at the time, they wanted to make her 
more pretty and like more mature than Cinderella. So that's why they also want it. But then they also, you know, they found that they were success with Snow White. So they also wanted to make it more romantic. So mm. and they came after Snow White and Cinderella. So when you compare that to Sleeping Beauty, you can see, yeah, she is more beautiful than the previous two. And also the story is more romantic. There's a lot more sexual tension in that the song <laughs> where where she meets Prince Philip. You can you can see that. Another fun fact, The Little Mermaid, did you know it debuted in 1989 and it won two Academy Awards, so two Oscars for Best Score and Best Song. The Best Song was um, Under the Sea. Did you know that? I actually didn't. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> really cool. And I'm honestly, I'm not surprised because of like, first of all, Disney music is amazing. We all love it. We all sing it. But also like, it's just all over with little kids. And like, obviously, when you take your little kids to go see, the parents also go along with them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I definitely, it makes sense that like, it was that famous and like awarded. But yeah, that's, that's cool. I didn't know that. So now just like switching to more general effects of it so what are some um, other negative effects of the whole Disney princess theme well I'll first start by talking about the negative effects that it had or had on me and then Mm -hmm. I'll talk about like you know the negative effects that I think it has in in general Mm -hmm. Um, so on me personally like again yeah it relates back to like developing unrealistic beauty standards to a certain degree I'm not going to say that Disney princesses alone are what make women feel insecure about their body we all know that's like a whole different that's another episode but (laughs) yeah like like I said before like I was never like made to be Princess Jasmine for like a costume party and also I was fine with it because and and even till date, like as much as I like, what do you call it, think she's beautiful and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, you know, proud that she's like, we have a bra- fellow brown girl princess. It's like her costume would involve me showing my tummy, which is something that I'm extremely insecure about, especially when, you know, Jasmine is this like petite, sexy girl. Like mm-hmm. the little things like that it has developed like, or I have, like there are these unrealistic beauty standards to it. And not just her, of course, with Ariel walking around in a fucking bikini. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, like, and like even Pocahontas, like, yeah, she's beautiful and strong and she doesn't like show her tummy as much as the other two, but there's still that like tall, slender, you know, female with like the perfect hair that's literally just like flowing 24 mm-hmm. 7 in the wind. You know, when you keep watching those movies and you're younger and you grow up, you or like as you're growing up, you kind of start thinking like, oh, am I not pretty if I don't have this body of this like this Disney princess? And then I would say like the effect, the negative effects in general is that I feel, and these are with respect to the, the, the Disney princesses of the past that we already mentioned, like we've already categorized them. It, it would make women seem more dependent on a man, you know, like that you have to wait for your prince charming or like your, you know, the, the prince to give you the glass slipper or kiss you from your from your deep slumber and stuff like that. And we've all <laughs> been and then, all you know, that we've been programmed to think that love also can only exist in a romantic manner. So this is the only way in which, you know, young girls are like, I can actually find love. But it's it's not true and it's changed more in recent Disney movies because now you know that like like romantic love is not the only type of love that can exist between a man like a, a male and a female. For sure. I mean I agree with a lot of things you said and it used to be focused on just a love story, but now it's being built on a princess's uh dreams and like her pursuing it like we talked before. So I think that's definitely like very important. And another thing that stands out to me is that it demonizes people with bad behavior so it contrasts like the good and the bad and in real life like none of us are just good or bad we have traits that are good and bad you know so I think like the whole contrast between a good person bad person is really like not an accurate way of like 
what reality is. As little kids, when you see that, you start developing like ideals like, oh, like, and that's, I think, where hatred starts. So I think like that aspect of it is also very like negative on our society. And what would you say about the more positive effect? So I think like Disney movies in general have like a very pro-social effect on our population. Like, you know, it teaches the kids to share, to help others and, you know, other good habits. And it also emphasizes being strong and like controlling your life. Um, And further to like kids who grow up in specific cultures for long periods of time, like it exposes them to different cultures. Like Mulan, we see a Chinese culture. And then um, with Aladdin, we see like a Arabian culture. So just it makes you more culturally aware and more sensitive. And I think we really need that, especially right now, you know, with things that are going on. So those are definitely things that stand out to me. Um, What about you? Personally, I would say like, yeah, for sure, the songs, like they're all very uplifting, like even Hercules is go the distance or Mulan's be the man be a man um these are songs that I listen to at the gym because they're very uplifting you know and again like the Little Mermaid won an Oscar for best song not that that song is like the most uplifting it's under the sea but you get what I'm saying like I would say Mm -hmm. the music is the music is a big one like and then of course there are qualities in the princess and certain princesses that I like again Mulan very relatable and it also creates this like now that you grow older after watching these movies it also creates this type of sweet nostalgia like I'm pretty sure if you're walking down the street and you hear the Lion King soundtrack like I'm pretty sure like your heart will start bubbling you know what I'm saying so Mm -hmm. I would say like the music is a really really nice one and and the other positive effects that I feel like it has in general are like you know it's great for bonding like yeah it's great to go to watch a movie with your family and Mm -hmm. Disney revamps you know their movies every 10 years so like when you had I remember when I when I watched Cinderella the live action remake that came out it was in my opinion it was lovely and it was like yeah it was so nostalgic you you feel you know it's like so sweet it's a feel-good movie um, not saying that all of them have been like that, but for the most part, like, yeah, like, it's a nice way to relive what you, the excitement and, you know, and the admiration that you had as a child and now being able to do that as an adult. But then again, this, take it with a grain of salt, I would say this is dependent on the Disney princess also that each person likes. So, you know, through our discussion, we see that there's definitely like positive and negative aspects. Like at the end of the day, Disney has given us an amazing experience. And for me personally, I'm sure you can relate to like my childhood was enhanced by Disney films and Disney films are still a part of my life. But it is important to notice that Disney princesses have a huge effect on our society, especially um, the little girls and little boys that are watching so it's important that these Disney movie producers take that into account and also in terms of the movie content they should really focus on um, showing appropriate and accurate information in regards to culture and history so it's amazing but there's still a long way to go for us. Wait I have a question for you because this is these are like two female adults that I well one of them I know personally and the other I don't but like I'm just going to ask you the question. Would you, so say in the future you have a daughter, would you welcome or like freely allow her to watch like these other more older Disney movies like Cinderella and Snow White and you know where they kind of like where the princess kind of like is a bit more dependent on a man or would you not allow her or would you more, would you allow her only to watch other ones like Moana and Frozen where it's like female lead? And the reason I'm asking is because like, yeah, I know one person who, you know, she loved Aladdin growing up so she was like so excited that her daughter liked it too now -hmm. that the daughter's growing up and then there's also like I think it was Keira Knightley she was like no I'm not allowing my daughter to watch The Little Mermaid oh wow 
Cinderella mm-hmm. because she's like, I only want her to watch like the other ones like Moana because I don't want her growing up with that impression that like, you know, she needs to, what are your thoughts? What would you do? I think honestly, like the kids growing up now are, they're very smart and they have like, you know, access to technology in, in a way that we didn't. So I think like eventually they would figure about like figure out about it anyway. So I wouldn't deprive them of that. I would show it to them. But at the same time, I would have discussions with them. And I know that sounds boring. But like, you know, just like casual discussions where I tell them, yeah, you know, like, just because you're a girl doesn't mean you're limited to this. But I think that wouldn't stop me from showing these movies to them. So I would I would let them see it and enjoy it. And in a fact, I think that's a learning experience. Because they need to understand that women have come so far in the history of women, how that's changed. Disney movies also kind of like just show you how women empowerment has increased over and over the decades. So I think it would be a good learning opportunity for them to watch it and reflect on it. Um, What about you? Yeah, of course I would. I feel like the best way for people to really open their mind is to be, is to have exposure. So it's like, yeah, I would let them watch whatever I don't want to say whatever mm-hmm. they want, but like when it respect to like the Disney princesses, like, yeah, let them watch all of them. Let them watch Princess and the Frog. Let them watch Snow White. Let them watch Tangled. And it, whichever one they tend to like, that's the one that they tend to like. Like that, mm-hmm. it was the same with me growing up. And I'm pretty sure also, even, even if they, for example, even if they like one where the woman is a bit more docile, um, mm-hmm. like I'm pretty sure that as they grow up, they're, they're, opinions and views will change especially in the society that they would hypothetically be growing up in because I feel like kids mm-hmm. now are way more yeah they're way more smart they're way more outspoken because like for example like I remember never liking like I never liked watching Pocahontas when I was growing up or like even Tarzan mm-hmm. and now that I'm a little older I understand like I like it so much more because I can appreciate certain things about it that I was never able to do when I was younger so I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that whatever they like even as a kid doesn't mean that they're going to like it for the rest of their life you know what I'm saying right. I mean, Mm -hmm. they may, but it's also like their views and opinions will change. And I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I don't think I would stop them from watching any movies. It's like, watch whatever, whatever you like. If you tend to, if you end up liking Little Mermaid like I did, great. Yeah. End up liking Tangled, whatever. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like it's not just Disney movies that will dictate what kind of woman they're going to grow up to be. For sure. For sure. I definitely agree with that. All right. So jumping into one of my favorite parts of our episode, our question session. (laughs) Um, I'm going to start with the first one. So are you inked? Does this mean I'm tattooed? Yeah. Yes, I am. Are you? Tell us first of all. I'm not, but you tell us where and what kinds of tattoos you have. Mm, Okay. I'm not going to say like what they are. Because okay. that's personal. Um, but I have three <laughs> tattoos. One is one's on my back and it's kind of small. One is on my mm-hmm. thigh and it's pretty big. So it's like five and a half inches. And then one is on my rib, which is also like five-ish, like five inches, I would say. What about you? Oh, I am badass. <laughs> um, oh no, my I gosh, no. I am not inked. <laughs> that doesn't, just because you're not, no. you have a tattoo doesn't make you boring. <laughs> It makes you badass. At least makes you look no, badass. No, it doesn't. I'm still bored. <laughs> okay, list three songs that give you good vibes. So, um, Sexy and I Know It by LMFAO. And then I love Amazing by Kanye. And then the third one you actually showed me, it's Cendrillon. Um, I, I oh don't my know gosh, the French right. song? Yeah, yeah it's uh, Cendrillon. Okay, it's by Matthew Mendes. I love listening to it. It's a oh. very cute and happy song okay. I would say mine are Dance With Me Tonight by Ollie Moore I Like It by Cardi B and The Night Is Still Young by Nicki Minaj I like th- those are like uh, 
cute. Like if I have to pick, I'd be like, yeah, those three put me in a very happy peppy mood. So what do you do when you're alone? Anything. What do you do when you're alone? Like you can say anything. I like to roam around naked in my house and then, uh, <laughs> um, and then you know, do fun stuff like watch stuff or, or cook or eat. I'd rather eat, you know, when I'm naked and relaxed. Um, <laughs> I, I do read and I light uh-huh. a scented candle. Ooh. So that's also very therapeutic. And then I do watch something on like Netflix or YouTube or like I watch something usually. And mm-hmm. then if I'm cooking, then I play the music out loud and like sing and dance along. Oh, that's cute. I love that. I love, oh my gosh, dancing it out. That's how I de-stress. I do the cha-cha slide. What do you love about yourself the most? Say like a couple if you want. I would like to think that I'm open-minded and like open to trying new things. And then I love that I am, have an integrity. Like I stick, like I, I would like to think that I'm also like not all talked. I, I don't just say shit. Like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. If I say something's going to get done, it will get done. Like, I'm very, mm-hmm. like, I stick to my word. And also, I'm cute. First of all, I, like, I could go on and on. But I'm going to just <laughs> say that I I love that I love myself. I have very positive outlook on myself physically and mentally. Um, and I'm a very happy and bubbly person who just loves enjoying life. Like, you know, I'm, yes. I love it. I love it. And if you were a kitchen appliance, which one would you be and why? Girl, I would be a cake mixer because I like it sweet and dirty. <laughs> oh, my God. I would be a smoothie, like a magic bullet, like a smoothie maker. Yeah, I like I like all the different varieties of, like, can be sweet, like, Nutella and, you know, like, sweet, sweet and Greek yogurt. You can put, put all of that stuff in together. And then also the healthy spinach and, and greens and, like, yeah, yeah nice amalgamation of health and sweetness you feel oh yes (laughs) all right that concludes our episode you guys thank you for listening and tuning in we also wanted to remind you folks to please share our podcast or our content with people who you also think would like it who would enjoy listening to you know the stuff that we talk about also a little reminder to fill out the survey from our most recent instagram post uh we want to you know we want to know your thoughts obviously like we're making content for our but also for you for your enjoyment so we want to know how we can improve and how we can stay improving and then follow us on social media at underscore keep it spicy on instagram and then also remember to hit that follow button on spotify if that's how you're listening if that's how you're tuning in and on that note remember folks keep it spicy yours truly xx